Welcome to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast. My name is Doug Winters, and I will be your host and trusty guide in attempting to demystify the entire daunting process of planning the perfect wedding. In a casual interview format, I'll be talking to the top industry professionals so you can hear directly from them exactly what it is they actually do. The event coordinators, musicians, florists, dress designers, photographers, and even maitre d's that you'll be trusting to make your wedding an unforgettable experience. Hit me up on either Twitter at WedWisdomPod or Facebook at Doug Winters BKS and let me know who you'd like me to have on and what questions you'd like me to ask. And as I remind every couple that I play for, this will inevitably be the most expensive party you'll ever throw. But remember, it's still a party. So try and enjoy yourselves. Let's do the show. Welcome to episode 10. We've broken into the double figures. <laughs> Today, I sit down with Dan and Danielle Gombos. Dan owns a company called Shindig Lighting, and his wife, the lovely Danielle, owns a company called Gather and Lounge, which is a furniture rental company, decor. And it's really the unstated mission of this podcast to introduce you, brides and grooms, and people who will be going to weddings, about subjects um, that I know a lot about and subjects I know almost nothing about. Lighting and decor are two of those subjects that I know almost nothing about. But now, I think I have a much greater understanding. So let's jump right into my conversation with Dan and Danielle. They're right here, so why don't I have them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about what they do. Sure, I'm uh, Dan, owner of Shindig Lighting, been in business for full 10 years now. Um, every year is drastically different one to the next, but um, every year is always interesting and uh, full event decor services, staging, production, we even dabble in a little audio video, you name it, we most likely have it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I am uh, Danielle, owner of Gather and Lounge. I've been in the wedding industry probably since college, but I've had this business for a year and a half. Um, my first year and a half has been quite a learning experience, and I can't wait to continue to grow and build my inventory. First of all, Gather and Lounge, I think, is the coolest name. Thank you. Because it literally <laughs> says precisely what it is that you do. Well, that was, yeah, what I was going for with that. And I used to be Gathered Vintage when I first started, and I didn't feel like that was... Um, very indicative of what I do. So I quickly made a switch and I feel like it was for so the expl best. So really explain to, I mean, this is really geared to brides and grooms. Ironically, I was talking to uh, DJ in the last episode and he was, he was talking about when people picking like the wrong room. Right. So it could fit 300 people, but you only have 125 guests. You have to have some kind of decor. You have to have lighting. You have to have something. You have to do something to warm up the room. Yeah, And a lot of times clients will say to me, do you bring your own lighting? Do you need lighting? And I never have an answer for either. So <laughs> I am so thrilled to have you both here on at the same time. Yeah, um, definitely. So how do you actually, on an audio podcast, over the phone or talk, just talking to a client, how do you describe lighting it's to somebody? Not easy, not easy. <laughs> There's a lot of lingo that brides and grooms and planners almost need to learn when it comes to lighting. Because when he uses words like wash and gobo and this, right. a lot of people won't know exactly what that means. <laughs> so When I say a gobo projection, it's important for them to not just go, uh-huh. It's important for them to either stop and ask, what are you talking about? Or for me, which is generally what I do, is explain. I'll say we could do a gobo projection, which is, 
And then, you know, we explain what each thing is followed behind it. Uh, we like to back that up by sending photos or directing them to the website. But again, if you're talking in passing, it's just about being as descriptive as possible. All right. So sitting here right now, we've got a bride and groom that just is just got engaged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is planning their wedding. Uh, it's pretty much been my experience if they're not using a planner mm-hmm. or even if they are using a planner, that the first two things that they're going to get are the venue mm-hmm. slash date. All right. So the mm-hmm. date, the venue, um, and, and the music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes photographer. If those people are really keen on yeah. photos. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but when I was talking to this DJ in LA uh, who was on the last podcast, which if you want to, you, can, you, you should listen to, but he talks about the need for lighting and the mm-hmm. need for decor mm-hmm. at a party. And he also talks about the need for a party planner to make everything happen. Help facilitate. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So... Um, why don't we start from the beginning? So which one of you got, wants to go first? Go ahead. Sure, I'll go. Okay, so <laughs> so where does uh, someone getting married? But should we pick a location so people can get an idea? Yeah, sure. Like a specific venue? Yeah. How about New York Public Library? Because we just did. Wow. Right there. Okay. Actually with Fonda. No way. Yeah. I've never done a party there. I've done the whale room at the... See that—that's the next thing. That—that's the next next big one. Yeah. Oh, the well room is <laughs> yeah. is great. Yeah. So let's take a place like the public library that you just did. Sure. Um, and tell me where decor would fit in in a wedding. So I would probably first ask um, them to walk me through how their guests are going to enter the space, how they're going to flow through the space, to kind of get an idea of like where they're going to need filler um, and pretty stuff. So if they were to enter the first room and let's say it's just maybe an entrance table, we might not put furniture in there. So it's like the first thing they see. Yeah, kind of like how the guests are going to flow because um, I would say it's not safe to assume that every wedding the guests are going to flow through the same way. Some brides and grooms like to have more of like a cocktail party and some like to have more of like a very formal um, cocktail hour turns into reception. Um, so if they're going to have more of like a cocktail party, then I would say that the space is almost used as a whole where the guests aren't really moving from room to room. They're going to be in the same room the whole night. Um, or maybe they're going to be in that room until dinner and dancing or sorry, dancing. And then they go into another room. Um, so just kind of understanding how the guests flow, um, to be, to, to understand where the furniture will, will be used. Um, and then kind of go from there. I will ask the brides and groom for any inspiration photos they can send me. I like to see floral proposals. I like to see inspiration photos of lounges or just an inspiration photo of, let's say, a home store that they like, any furniture they like, restaurants they like. Oh, wow. Give me an example. I mean, just, I mean, paint as as vivid a picture as you can. Um, so, you know, I will maybe ask a bride, a bride, like, where's your favorite place to shop? Is it anthropology? Is it, um, like, I don't know, Lily Pulitzer, Restoration Hardware, West Elm, just to kind kind of get an idea of their taste, their style. Um, that will kind of guide me in some sort of direction to what type of furniture to pull. I do have a lot of mix of new vintage um, mid-century modern, I do have more like restoration hardware pieces, so it kind of gives me a general direction of where to go with the furniture. Um, the next thing I would ask for is a color palette, of course, just to understand like what kind of colors I should be pulling. 
Um, and the inspiration photos are probably more for me to kind of just get my creative juices flowing. Um, you know, there might be something in the photo that they don't see that they love, but I see it as something that they might have, you know, gravitated towards that photo for. Right. Um, so the, the more that I can get, the better. Um, sometimes getting inspiration photos is a struggle, um, <laughs> as I'm sure Dan would agree. Um, so I, I would say the more the better. You read a lot online about how brides' Pinterest boards are crazy big and there's too much. Um, I, I'm one to believe that a Pinterest board is not large enough. I would like to see more the better um, because I can pare it down myself. I don't need a bride to pare it down. I can pare it down on my own. The concept being that what Decor does, uh, my initial reaction is that I would say that it warms up the room. Yeah, It absolutely. turns it more into a living room. Yeah. That's why when you said the name of the company being Gather and Lounge, all of a sudden, you know, I get like a sense of warmth, you know, like you're going into a place where you can hang. And I, f- I feel like that's what the, the trend is. Um, not the trend, but I think, uh, you know, uh, the receptions, at least in our area, everything that we're talking about is our experience in like the Connecticut market, which is totally different than the New York City market. But still similarities in the, in the regard of people don't want to be anchored to their dining tables for the whole night. They like to be able to go to the bar Stand at a high top with the uh, bar stools at, at a, near the bar or ha- sit at a lounge at the bar if they're not dancers. If they're dancers but they want a quick break, there might be a lounge right next to the dance floor for them. So they don't have to go all the way back to their table and sit down. There's casual, comfortable places for them to sit, take a quick break, or just watch for the whole evening. You're actually making the room like as if it's someone's house. Yeah, I mean, I would say like sit, stay a while. Like you want your guests to feel like they can hang out for – you know, for a while and be comfortable and not like, you know, very regimented where you sit down, you have dinner, you dance, then you leave. Like you want them to feel comfortable, like you said, and warmth. So, uh, so when you first walk in, they call that a groom's table where, where they, uh, a place card. Table? Oh, escort, card es- table. Yeah, escort cards. Yeah. Escort card. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you want to set a mood the second you walk in? Yeah. I mean, so my background's actually in wedding design. Um, I used to work with a wedding planner in San Diego and, Wedding design really happens from the start of the invitation or the save the date. You want your guests to have the experience from the very beginning, what, what, what to expect, how they're going to walk into this wedding. So when you get an invitation, you're going to say, wow, this wedding is, I don't know, um, Gatsby. And then you walk oh, okay. in and you want it to feel Gatsby. And then throughout the whole night, the little surprises of Gatsby here and there. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say like when you walk to an escort card table, you should feel the 1920s vibe, the lighting should come in like decor elements, whether you need lounge furniture there, probably not, but not necessarily furniture though. And it doesn't even have to be a table. It can be an installation of some type. It doesn't, it can be, you know, and that's all the decor, you know, we, just got a freight delivery of a brand new twig archway. Does that mean a tree? And you know what? Maybe it was just In better because I, I literally just looked outside as I saw it unloading. So I was like, all right, I know exactly what it looks like. So but, by the way, we're sitting in a warehouse that is about the size of Kennedy Airport. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't imagine that you'd ask for anything that they wouldn't have. Right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so it's basically a garden piece. But it's made up of twigs. and Is it plastic or is it a real tree? No, it's a real tree. It's pretty cool. I just got it. But um, okay. <laughs> I mean, the idea is that it can be transformed into anything. It, it's absolutely a centerpiece back, backdrop, but it could also be used as an escort card station where you could tie little cards on that have the guest name, the table number they're going to. So it's just, it's different. You know, you could also use it for a ceremony backdrop too. It's a great place for 
the bride and groom to stand in front of with the JP, whoever is officiating. Um, and again, the florists can really go wild and decorate it at their will. But that's just another piece that um, is offered through Gather and Lounge of not just, you know, it's it's not just furniture here that you can sit on. It's all those decorative pieces as well, too, which are ever expanding. Yeah. And I think I think brides and grooms these days want their wedding to feel unique and special and about them. And so I think what used to be maybe just um, a useful piece of the wedding, like an escort table, is now becoming a design element. And it's a, it's an excuse to put something that's very special to the bride and groom that when the guests come in, they know whose wedding it is without even reading a sign. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. 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 We haven't even touched lighting yet. No. <laughs> so it, it you know, there's so many very, especially with lighting, there's so many variables as to location, time of day. You know, if you're getting married in May, your sunset is oh. much later in the evening and you don't need ceremony lighting. You may not need cocktail lighting because it's still daylight. So, right. okay. but if you're having an October wedding and your ceremony's indoors, you know, at a, a temple, synagogue, wherever, um, you may need lighting because you're, sunset it's gonna it's, it would be beneficial enough where your sunset is at six o'clock right for your ceremony so yeah you would need some extra accent so it's all depends on location time of year for sunset a lot of different variables and that we're upfront and honest with i mean we're not going to sell you something if it's going to be daylight and <laughs> you're not going to see the effect it, yeah exactly i think more and more today people are spending more money on cocktail hour than they ever have. You, it used to be a holding cell, you know, yeah. where bride and groom would go off and take their photos. And then it's just kind of like keeping your guests entertained for an hour. I used and, to just go with a feeding frenzy. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> of course. Yes. You know. but, but I think more and more people are spending more money on their cocktail hour and they want their cocktail hour. They want their guests to be comfortable um, instead of using just traditional Cocktail tables and what I call belly bars in San Diego, but out, out east they're called high tops. High tops. Yeah. Um, oh, so know, a high top. Just so we have our definition straight, a high top is when you go to a bar with peanuts on the ground and you're, you're standing. So no, so a high top would be a round or square table that you stand at. You know, three people, four people stand around yeah. it. Thirty. Yeah. Oh, thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thirty right. inches round. Usually a little floral center. And if piece. there are chairs, it's bar stools. Right. Yes. That are high. Yep. And a cocktail okay. table would be a short version of that that you would have seats around it. Okay. Um, so typically at a cocktail hour, you'll find that. However, I feel like more and more these days, people are incorporating other elements, furniture. Um, um, more instead of like just a plain linen with a round table, they're doing actual furniture pieces of cocktail tables. And, and, uh, another word is bistro table, high top, belly bar, however you want to call it. Um, so they're all the same thing. They're all the same thing. Okay. Yes. But you know, so for, in our instance, we have, um, we've made our own custom tables, uh, 30 inch round, um, chevron or herring herringbone. herringbone um wood stained tabletop. So we've cut it individual pieces of like six or seven inches long pieces of thin wood and we actually created a round tabletop and then we put hairpin metal legs on them so now we have we you know a custom made um cocktail table so you don't have to just like she was saying your standard knock down cocktail table put a linen over it call it a day you know there's a customization as far as you can have different material metal um marble marble i mean and you're not limited to round or square. I mean, we have long communal tables that are a marble top um, that, you know, eight people can stand around, uh, sit and stand around at. So it's not just limited to your traditional cocktail table with linen on it. Little niche companies like ours are, are 
popping up and they're giving the the big party rental companies no name intended i'm just saying a party rental type company style company right um any rental company i mean they're taking note and they're learning from the smaller companies that are killing it right now that we can't have the same old crap out there you know that's not good enough anymore yeah. So you're seeing, you know, they're even, you know, the, their hand is being forced. They're looking for different ideas, too. They're not doing as well as the smaller guys like we are. But you can tell that there's a, a change brewing when the large companies are looking at what us smaller companies are doing. <laughs> Which is the way everything happens. Of I mean, course, of course. You know, try and buy, you know, try and find a Barnes & Nobles or a Borders right, bookstore. Right. You, know, mm-hmm. right, you know, everybody mm-hmm. just goes to Amazon. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, it's just, you know. Customization, convenience, um, better product sometime. A lot yeah, of time. And, and that's cool. I, I like the fact that there's you know new trends. It's, it's mm-hmm. like especially you know with bars, uh, we're finding a lot of people. More people are coming to bar, for bars now because um, that used to be just your regular eight foot banquet table, linen on it. Um, so now we we're building bars, um, uh, backdrops for bars. Uh, you know, back bar shelves, things like that. You know, we're, we're getting in a bamboo shelf. Um, so it's not just regular put bottles on a back table and glassware on a back table. There's customization that way as well. That's very cool. So we walk into the reception room and the standard thing is you've got tables. Mm-hmm. People walk to the tables and, you know, they got the band, on one, like we said, the band on one side and, you know, the bride and groom at uh, sweetheart table. Sweetheart table, which I just cannot believe they still use that term. Uh, let's just say 175 guests. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from a lighting standpoint, from a decor standpoint, if someone comes to you and says, well, why do I need decor? Why do I need lighting? I have a great band. All I care about is the fact that people will be dancing. Well, it's the lighting in particular. So if you have physical wall space, um, the minimum we recommend is up lighting the per- around the perimeter of the room. All right, let's define uplighting. Is uplighting, that, we take we take a uh, sounds a, obvious. A, we take a square fixture or whatever fixture you have. Um, we put it on the floor up against the wall and shine it up the wall, and it creates uh, a, a pretty narrow beam um, of dispersed light that can be. We control everything through iPad now, so we can control all of our colors from a very warm white uh, resembling of a candlelight and we can go to a very very blush pink if you just if you want you know a lighter um uh, more poppy feeling in the room because if you have an amber feeling the guests are going to feel more warm relaxed comfortable mm-hmm. if you go to something like a blush pink people are going to be a little bit more energetic because it's a lighter color. So the feelings are going to be, you know, like you just took a five-hour energy per se. Oh, really? So we play with color and emotion and feeling that way because lighting is all subconscious. <laughs> if you don't know, if you go to a room and you didn't know there was uplighting there, you knew there, you know there's something different going on. You may not know it's necessarily uplighting and this is an extra thing. Right. But you know that you're feeling a certain way. And, and the best thing is um, when he has it on the iPad, he can control it throughout the night. So maybe for dinner, you would have a candlelight. And then when you go into dancing, he can change it. And then if you really want to go out for an after party, you can make him strobe. You know? Yeah, yeah. 99% of our weddings now are a warm, neutral white. 
Amber. I'm guessing you don't use the strobe a lot. No, 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 no. It no. <laughs> no. sounds like a I, little I, bit I, I despise it. I hate it. <laughs> Thank I hate you. it. Okay. I hate That's it. why I said it. <laughs> it's hate sort it. of the celebration of of lighting. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> or the hot, hot, hot of lighting. Uh, chicken, di- whatever you the want to call it. The chicken dance of lighting. Okay, that's perfect. But yeah, we, so we use our lighting uh, to, to set a vibe, to create an emotion and a feeling. You, pro- you may have no idea that it's happening, but it's a feeling you have inside and it really helps create that fun atmosphere. If you want to keep it a formal black tie event, then we will keep it a warm white, neutral white the whole night and not change and not change. If you want to really kick it into a, like a party gear after we'll change it to a purple. Purple is a fun color. It's relaxing at the same time, but it's also a neutral inviting color that won't offend in pictures with photos. I've learned recently that if there's too much green in the amber that we're mixing that it makes his job post editing more difficult really because that reflection from the you know the light bouncing off the walls or the dinner plates whatever glassware the reflection gets onto you know it reflects onto people's skin um and he's like yeah can you like pull a little bit out of the green out of this light so it helping my editing and it, it's a subtle change that nobody would notice but it's helpful to him in the end. Now, can you do that on the fly? Yeah. So, so our lights, the lights that we have, they have, um, they're all thankfully LED battery operated, our up lights at least, and our wash lights. Um, they have five LEDs in them. Some of them six: mm-hmm. uh, red, green, blue, amber, white, and one set of ours have a UV in them. So, is amber yellow? Amber is orange essentially uh, amber is like a warm gold i would say yeah, yeah. Okay. so that's color of can you know like around a, a flame of a candle there's just that warm glow, glow. Of gold yes that's uh, that's what i thought it was i just so so i'm translating for the average with with those <laughs> with those five or six colors if you count uv and when we mix them we can get subtle differences so if we have amber all the way up on full brightness and we start adding in a little bit of that white led that's taking the amber you know that close to orange color and it's helping soften it up to more of, you know, a wall sconce color light. Okay. Uh, Champagne. So, yeah. So, Champagne. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, so we have the control as far as those subtle differences. Um, and that's where we found really is helpful for photographers or videographers. And again, there's subtle changes, but we like to work with them. Um, without anybody knowing, you know, of nobody, course, nobody that, needs to that know. It never but occurred to me until you just said it. <laughs> we we like to check in with with them and just make sure, you know, is this brightness okay for you for you taking the photos? Oh, um, that's another thing. If the photographer has like flash, does that affect you? It definitely does. Uh, there's some phenomenal. But you don't see a lot of flash, though, do you? You you you. There is still a lot of flash out there, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, we may be so blind to it now, you know, right, jaded just, about it. Right. But um, there's some phenomenal photographers that can do work wonders with lighting while using their flash. Um, there's some photographers that have no idea what the heck they're doing and totally drown out everything that we, we do. And the bride and groom get their photos and they can't tell the work we've done and that they'd spent a fair amount of money on. So the really great photographers, I mean, I'm still amazed. um, Brian Dorsey, the photos he took with our lighting. I mean, it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work. And that client, I mean, (laughs) they were stunned. They were so happy with how the photos came out because they could still see the lighting. 
the stuff they paid <laughs> paid for. You know, that's funny. So we we work with the other vendors. It's a, it's a balancing act between everybody while still giving the effect that the client was looking for and that we're trying to achieve. All right. How about in terms of lighting um, the band? The band, um, you know, it's, it, fo- it's, it's, it's ironic, you know, because a, a lot of people, focus- we feel bad because sometimes those bands are just left in the dark. You know, yeah. you have a whole room beautifully lit. And then when the whole room is beautifully lit and you have this 20, 24 foot wide section that is not lit, it really kind of stands out as a dark space in the room. And it is that I know that's that size because I just did a party for 800 <laughs> people and they said, what size stage do you want? And I had to literally go in there to uh-huh. find out. Uh, and we walked it through and it was a very large stage. It was mm-hmm. like 20 by 24. Yeah. Yeah. Which was huge. And you're, there was no lighting. It mm-hmm. was it was exactly what you said. Yeah. So uh, we find it. We always try to recommend some some bands do their own. Fine. Sure. Um, but then a lot of couples, most couples prefer us handle all aspects of the lighting because that way we can control again it's about the balancing thing um we're not a fan of lighting up bands in green or yellow or blue really you know certain shades which some of these some bands have that bring their lights have these just eight built-in colors in their lights and they just let them flash all night and it really takes away detracts from the overall look. I was just going to say, <laughs> isn't there a sort of tackiness? Yeah, it is. Kind full of Vegas on t- it's, tech. Because, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It is cheap. It is cheap. Right. I like the band to do what the band does. Which it, and then the lighting to do what the lighting does. The chord do what the chord, you know. We, we understand the add-ons that people do. We, you know, we come to accept them. That's fine. Do what you need to do. Um, but we also really, truly appreciate the clients that come to us and say exactly that. Be like, you know what? My DJ has lighting but he's a dj we want him to focus on DJing. <laughs> right. you know we don't want him to do pin spot or centerpieces we don't want him to light our dance floor like that is a lighting person's job like we'll let you do your thing and that's the clients that really truly we know value us value our service value our time and um they just make for better clients really in the end because they okay, respect so, you so as a band leader while we don't like hard color changes from like purple to red to whatever, violet, um, we like we can do subtle, slowly scrolling through colors so that the band is more energetic per se without having to do strobing or right. hard color changes. Yeah, one strobing to the next. we've already crossed off <laughs> yes. into yeah. the cheese department. Um, right. The into cheese the, department. <laughs> uh, but um, Shadow? The shadow player shadowing is it you know it, so so if we if we're not able to rig from uh tent center poles the saying we're in a standard ballroom and we can't rig anything from the ceiling uh we will do poles um narrow poles with the lights attached to them generally behind or next to the band's speakers um because we're trying to keep all any external hardware of ours that's on the floor we're trying to keep everything contained right so, so you don't subtle. have random pipes uh, and bases you know bases around the room and right it blends in more so we would generally put the lights right by your speakers and then we would put four lights or so and aim, aim them to cover get full coverage around the stage you're not going to have too, you don't have too much shadowing mm-hmm. um but uh you know if if we need to, we also add lights um, right next to like the subwoofers um, and shine on the floor and shine them up towards like the front um, 
a singer performers singers right so that they're illuminated from better from the front as well too it may be in the band's eyes a little bit but again that tech is there to balance to make sure that those leds are not blaring bright into your into your face and we could do the front row lights the the singer performer lights at a lower intensity different color than we would for the rest of the stage which would be a different color oh, different intensity so we have the ability to change uh, groupings that way as well now just one more technical question does that ever affect like the electrical uh because all of our all those lights are battery operated we don't require you know ah. because everything is switching it has switched over to led right. i mean our power requirements now are, are next to nothing you know we're talking a few circuits which 10 years ago for the same weddings we would be talking six circuits okay which most venues can't handle when you have a band and coffee percolators and right you know all these things you have right. to consider that now with led and battery operated fixtures um fortunately we're the lighting company isn't the problem anymore <laughs> it's funny when you say battery operated because i just got this brand new sennheiser wireless mic mm-hmm. and it's really expensive and it's mm-hmm. this state-of-the-art thing and it it takes batteries crazy right and i was oh. like wait a minute doesn't that sort of def- mean that you got it at radio shack and it's cheap yeah <laughs> or we, says, just got, oh, we just no, got our brand new bose headphones and they're rechargeable now and it's like so no more of the old days of just plugging it in with no battery. And yeah. It's crazy yeah. now. But, it, I mean, battery, it's, it's, it's the way to go for us. You know, yeah. It's a big energy saver. Um, I also like it. It gives you some peace of mind. Like mm-hmm. if, you, if you know you're going into a thing and you have a fresh thing of – Oh, know, yeah, of course. You know, EverReady Pro, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, alkali. You know you're good you to go. And it's still sealed. Mm-hmm. You know, you put it in, you know it's going to work. Yep. Yep. Makes yep. you self-contained, which is always good as a vendor when you show up somewhere and you don't know what to expect. Yeah. And you just know that you you have everything you need. Right. You don't have to rely on anybody else. <laughs> right. So talk about decor in, in the main room. Um, so typically um, we would see maybe one or two lounges or three or five, depending on how many. And when you say guests. lounge. When I say lounge, I mean essentially – one, two couches, couple armchairs, rug, coffee table, side tables, essentially a living room. Okay. Um, and it, we can place them on the side of the room. Some some um, couples like them on the dance floor or next to the dance floor so that people can sit and watch. Um, that is very interesting. I never saw that. That's actually very cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so definitely. You really feel like you're in a club all of a sudden. Kind of. I mean, I what I hear a lot from couples, at least in, when I was planning, um, everyone is always afraid that guests aren't going to dance. So I, I right. think when you stick a lounge next to the dance floor, at least the guests who aren't dancing, I think like Dan said earlier, they're at least participating in somewhat. They're not on the far end of the room having conversations by the bar. Um, so they're still being able to participate. And I think that also kind of gives, um, couples peace of mind that, you know, people can hang out next to the dance floor if they don't like to dance. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the trend really is for decor. Yeah. Really changes, immediately changes it from a sterile, typical, like, isn't everybody, everybody who's ever been to a wedding knows what a, a standard hotel Right. Temple. Burn and churn. <laughs> Burn yeah. and churn weddings. Is that what you call them? Yeah, kind of. Or wedding, w- wedding mill. Wedding yeah. mill where, you know, you oh, come right, in. Sure. Yeah, white yeah. tablecloths, you know. Right. White pink All these flowers. places that had, when I, when I first started, there were all these places, especially on Long Island, they'd have like five or six 
parties going Ruined, at the same yeah, time. Right. Oh, right, right. Yeah, they're just burning and throwing out weddings. A thousand cars in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And they try and time it so that the brides don't come in at the same time. <laughs> See each other, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's always been, I would say, extravagant weddings. I just think that nowadays um, couples really want their weddings to be about them. Um, and, and you I, I see think, that more and more. So when you're talking about lighting and decor, you're not necessarily talking about a million-dollar wedding. No, no, absolutely not. No. But to circle back, I think you had asked, um, is lighting and decor achievable for all budgets? Yes. That, and, was my, that was my main thought when I was coming up here. Right. I was saying, is this only you know, for million-dollar parties? I mean, it's, it's definitely um, an extra, and I know that about my business. Okay. Um, I'm also usually the last person a bride or couple will hire. Um, because it is an extra, but with that being said, I have done, um, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 weddings and I've done $400,000 weddings. The main, yeah. The main thing I was going to ask you was like a, a $40,000 wedding as opposed to a $400,000 wedding that, that someone will hire you last. But once they start talking to you, mm-hmm. it becomes incredibly intriguing when you bring up all these possibilities. Yeah, I mean, so I always I'm, I keep reverting back to when I was a planner because I guess that's my background and how I kind of relate to all these things. But when I was a planner, um, a lot of times I'd ask bride and grooms to give me a list of their most important things at their wedding. And, you know, I, I give them, let's say, 12 things, catering, bar, lighting, flowers, music, all that stuff. And okay. if and if they're and if they're ranking decor on the top, then we're gonna spend more money on decor than we will with let's say catering that's at the bottom of their list. Um, obviously my favorite couples are the ones who everything on that list is number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. care about it all. So lighting is lighting is subtle. definitely, definitely a luxury item. For many weddings, it's of you know eight hour setup. Sometimes we were at a venue the day before because it's a ten hour involved setup. So there's a lot of labor involved with our things. So we do have a uh, for Connecticut we have a high minimum. For New York City, our minimum is uh, laughable. But <laughs> now, but, so you can't work at one of those churn and burn places where they have turnover where you it, only have an hour to set it up. Totally, totally, totally depends on what the what the client is booking if we know it's a turn and burn and we know we only have a two-hour window to set up we're either charging accordingly to bring in extra labor or we're tailoring what we're recommending to the client based on knowing that we only have two hours set up yeah so you don't want too much not necessarily too much but it just has to be the right things we know like our battery stuff great battery stuff our pin spots are magnetic we can attach those quickly, focus them when the floors put table uh, centerpieces down. So there's certain things we we would recommend to clients based on the restrictions of the venue and timing. So to interrupt, um, yeah. pin spots are <laughs> yeah, please narrow beams of light that illuminate floral centerpieces, signs. Um, it's 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 a hard sell for some couples. However. It's such a struggle for me to understand how one could spend so much money with a florist and then the guests can't see the flowers when the lights are down. So that right. is what a pin spot is. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. That was, no, that's that good. Was great. That was great. So, so you yeah, guys we're, are a good we're, team. We're, <laughs> we're just adding that little bit. It's not a bright light because then the photographer gets mad because now the photo is 
uh, washed out because of the, the you have a hot spot on the table now. But it's just that little bit of light on the centerpiece that really just makes it pop. And so now you can see the actual flowers that you paid ten dollars for that one particular flower in that arrangement. Right. You know, if you can't see it, what was the point of spending four hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars on that arrangement when you could spend the extra ninety dollars to have it lit up and actually visible? It's not only just seeing the light. It's when you're on the dance floor, per se, and you're looking out, you know, into across the room. Now you have this depth to the room, added depth to the room of instead of having just a sea of dark tables. Now you have these little pops of um, white light that are illuminating the centerpieces. So now you're actually looking across the room, not seeing a sea of dark tables, but now seeing florals as you look across the room. So it's a whole it's another visual element that people aren't. I don't know, maybe some people do look at it and be like, wow, those flowers look great. But they're only saying that because that light is on there. Right. And they're not thinking about it. Right. So it's, it's very subtle. Every, everything we, we do not like in your face. We do not people, we don't want people knowing that we're there. Well, this is fantastic. Yeah, this has been fun, right? You know, it's funny, yeah. when, when we first discussed this, uh, even 20 minutes before we were sitting down, I said, all right, so you want to do these separately you know should we do you know should i do danielle for now and then do then do dan and he says i don't know we are married you know <laughs> <laughs> we kind of get along you know we were we're fully invested in each other's business so what what she doesn't say i can say and what i don't say she can say you know we work off of each other and uh, you know all right let's get into just one last thing sure. do you think that it's more advantageous for a person to have a planner or not to have a planner or just have absolutely vendors absolutely have a planner <laughs> I, I think oh my god it's yes absolutely because there's absolutely. so many moving parts so many moving parts unless you are unless the bride and groom are both totally type a people that are on top of everything which is impossible and, and even also, then even then have a planner and even then then for, it becomes you, worse you still need because they're micromanaging day everything day of i mean week of month of i mean you, you you need somebody to be facilitating i love working with planners because they know what is needed Writing grooms don't know that they need centerpiece pin spotting. They don't need, know that they need dance floor pattern projections. They don't know that. Having, having a planner really is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, is I would never say right. no. Yeah. And there's usually a planner for every budget. Well, you guys are amazing. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you for and coming. So yeah. uh, do you guys do social media where people can find you? Instagram. Instagram, best, best Facebook. Yeah. So what names does it go under? Slash Shindig Lighting for me. Okay. At Gather and Lounge. Gather plus lounge. Gather A and D Lounge on, on Instagram. <laughs> well, you guys are the best. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank Been you for lovely. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. Making this the trek awesome. down here. Thank you. Thank up here. you. Up, up here. Up here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, what a gorgeous day. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, guys. You got it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.